Welcome to the Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. And today we are going to be covering minute number 58, um, which goes from 57 to 57.59 on the clock. And we start with where we kind of finished the previous minute, which is uh, with Dakota Johnson making her film debut, uh, running her hair over Justin Timberlake's face. Um, and <laughs> then uh, that wakes him up. Uh, gets his attention because, you know, she's she seems to be trying to get rid of him out of her bed so she can kind of get dressed and go to school and kind of get on with her day. Um, and then there's a little bit of kind of back and forth uh, where, you know, basically she thinks that um, he has forgotten her name. Um, and then we find out that actually he hasn't. He remembers everything. Um, uh, he makes a joke about not remembering her major um, and then um, she asked the question about wh- where does he go to school? And of course, he's like William Taft Elementary. Um, and that finishes with an exchange where, you know, Amy seems to think that Sean might be 15, which I feel like is a huge compliment to Justin Timberlake <laughs> because he does not look 15. Yeah. Um, you know, he's in his early 30s playing someone in their mid 20s. So. Um, and then, of course, that leads to the end of the minute where Sean asks Amy, you're not like 15. Um, and we'll find out the answer to that tomorrow. <laughs> and joining me to talk about it today is Noah McMillan. Hello, Noah. Hello. Yeah, so this is basically the introduction of a character who will basically just last for like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, played by Dakota Johnson, uh, which is, of course, Amelia Ritter, age 20, um, <laughs> a French major. Um, uh, who uh, is originally from uh, Orinda, apparently. There's a whole lot of information here about... In fact, probably more information here about Amelia than we ever get about um, Eduardo's girlfriend. Um, and that that is kind of a nice... I mean, you know, this is kind of also a bit of a sorkin thing of someone... I mean, this is basically the opening scene from The West Wing. Mm. Um, you know, or should I say the second scene from The West Wing with Sam waking up in someone's bed and, you know, kind of them kind of talking about each other and and kind of recounting the previous night. Um, And, you know, we we, we aren't quite introduced to Sean Parker yet because he does not say his name. Um, But, you know, we start to get a flavour of Justin Timberlake's take on Sean Parker. Um, And in these first few minutes, um, he is super charming. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's basically he's just Justin Timberlake. As the film progresses, he will become slightly less charming. <laughs> slightly is a, is a the, strong word there, I would say. <laughs> yeah, the character the character gets a different shading as the film moves yeah. on. But I think the opening the opening few minutes here are really good, and this stands out as unusual in this film because it is not from a deposition. Uh, all the previous flashbacks are being read into depositions, uh, including you know all the way back to the opening scene. So this is the first time since the opening scene. Um, you know, well, actually, this is the first time ever in this film where we're getting an introduction to a character that takes place that is outside of all the the court related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, once Sean Parker, once he goes to, you know, once he finds Mark Zuckerberg and has the meeting, that's get that then is part of the deposition. And I think it's interesting because, like I say, the character here of Sean Parker is a lot more charming than the character that is um, in the depositions. And this is something I've talked about a little bit with this film, which is. When you look at the flashbacks, um, you have to kind of figure out whose point of view is being put over. Mm-hmm. So in the opening scene, um, you know, the the opening kind of seven minutes of the film, that is from the perspective of the girl who Mark dumped. Of Erica. And it's being yeah. read into deposition. Yeah, so it's Erica's point of view, which is why Mark Zuckerberg might be, you know, kind of coming off like a complete asshole. 
And then later on in the film, there are flashbacks that take place in Eduardo's deposition where Eduardo looks like a saint in the past and Mark Zuckerberg doesn't. And the same is true of the Winklevoss twins. You know, obviously there, the introduction of Mark to the, you know, the bike room of the, of the kind of finals club is, is from the point of view of the Winklevoss twins and Divya. And they are basically kind of making out like they helped him out and all this kind of stuff. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg maybe comes off as a little bit kind of as a, I don't know, not a rube, but just somebody who's kind of agreeing with everything they say. kind mm-hmm. of. And it, so with, with each flashback, you kind of have a different shading on exactly who is telling the flashback. And, um, you know, a similar thing with the whole, you know, the kind of the the kind of animal abuse with the chicken and like oh, all boy, of that, yeah. all of the, like, you know, each of those, each of the flashback scenes have a different kind of, um, you know, a point of view. Whereas this doesn't have any point of view. This is just here is Sean Parker, <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's kind of like okay, you like, and it's it's kind of unusual. It's only once you get to the end of the film you realize that what this is, you know, like this is just completely outside of the timeline of uh, of all the other kind of stuff that's going on. Mm. Um, although obviously later on we'll find out how soon this is after the previous scene because you know obviously the ex- the expansion to Stanford was taking place at a certain time and. You know, later on, Amy will tell us how long that was. Um, but in the description of the script, um, Aaron Sorkin, he really went for it. You know, he um, he, he gave us a full description. Uh, you know, we're at the bottom of page 83, you know, because, of course, we're only 50 something minutes in. And yeah, this this is, been going this is, I was I was trying to look through the script earlier and I was like, OK, yeah, generally speaking, you know, one one minute is a, is a page. So I'm just looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and I, I didn't it didn't start until like. I was like minute fifty five or something. It didn't start until like like eighty pages in, pretty much. Yeah. Um. And he says a pretty twenty year old coed Amy, uh, pulls a curtain open and the darkened room immediately fills with unwelcome sunlight. Uh, the production design on this doesn't reflect that. Mm. Um. The, you know, already where the bedroom is, it's light on two sides, and and you know the light is already coming in when the scene starts. So. Um, it says here that Amy's wearing nothing but a Stanford sweatshirt uh, as a skinny 22-year-old guy who's lying on her futon wakes up. Again, I don't think that's a futon. I think it's just a normal bed. Um, so, I, you know, obviously I think Aaron Sorkin was trying to really go for the whole college vibe thing here. But, you know, production on this, they decided to go a bit classier. Um, there's other evidence on the walls that were at Stanford University. Um, there's also pieces of Amy's clothing strewn about. Now, I think there is some clothing on the floor. Uh, but there isn't really anything like, I don't know, like a pennant or anything on the walls that gives away that this is Stanford. Um, basically, <laughs> you know, this is uh, this is just like a, a normal kind of like bedroom in terms of that. And then, of course, we have, you know, the young man on the futon is Sean Parker. So, you know, we're kind of we're given his name before we actually get to his introduction. Um, and then Amy, as I said, you know, she runs her hair over Sean Parker's face and wakes him up. And I do kind of love the expression that Justin Timberlake gives as he gets woken up because he kind of like moves his head back and he's like, and then he, he kind of realizes what's going on. And it's just a nice little moment. Um, and then I do like how as Amy walks away, she's saying, you know, you don't know my name. Um, and we get um, in the script, it says off the sweatshirt. But Amy is walking away from Sean Parker, so he cannot see what's on the front of the sweatshirt. Uh, but she is helpfully wearing some uh, underwear that has Stanford written on the buttocks. Um, so as she walks away, Sean Parker stares at her buttocks and says, "Is it Stanford?" Um, and I think having it like having it like that, it actually kind of make it, it kind of sh- it already gives us an idea of who Sean Parker is. <laughs> 
um, in the way that, he, like, you know, it, it kind of gives us the male gaze of Sean Parker straight away. Yeah. Like how he sees this person. Um, you know, like I said, Amy's not going to come back later on in the film. Um, you know, when, when we see Sean Parker, um, you know, later on in California, he has a different young lady with him. Um, and then he also has this kind of obsession with some of the younger employees. This weird, like, cadre of, of people yeah, God, of, he has around with the, with the, the six foot bong or whatever. Uh, that, that scene is <laughs> yeah. not, doesn't, it feels yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I I think that we, like that it starts off here just as a, a kind of subtle thing that you know, um, Sean Parker is looking at uh, Dakota Johnson's behind, um, and you know this is this is where Amy she gets kind of mad because she's like you know, um, how can you not know my name? And of course uh, this is where Sean says Amelia Ritter, but you prefer Amy. You're from Arinda. Your father's in commercial real estate, <laughs> and your mother's ten years sober. And of course this is where she says, "What's my major?" And I love the way that, that Justin Timberlake just goes trombone. Uh, because, you know, trombone is nobody's major at school. But I do kind of like how he just reaches for something kind of silly. Um, and then, of course, she says, you know, he, he goes, I do remember something about a trombone. And then she says, uh, tu fais le moi à la jolie fille, elle est médicote. And, of course, he mm-hmm. goes French. Your major is French. And Dakota Johnson does have a wonderful accent. Uh, she delivers that French a lot better than I did. Yeah. Um, and and so I I don't know I just I kind of I kind of like the the kind of the interaction between the two of them and the kind of there's a nice little chemistry going on in the scene mm-hmm. um, where you know this does feel like two people who kind of don't know each other and have you know kind of they spent a night but nothing else and you know the kind of getting to know you is is kind of realistically portrayed I think. I, I do also kind of like the fact that she's like making fun of him in French. Also, uh, what is what is he says something to the effect of like you 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 make love to pretty girls and then put them aside for later or it's like something like that. It's just or just like like put her off to the side. Uh, so uh, she's yeah. kind of doing like a like a, a coded talking uh, talking trash about him to his face, but it's cute. Yeah, and I I, th- I think as well like that that that's the thing about this character. It, even though she's you know uh, basically just in this one scene, <laughs> nothing else. Uh, I feel like the Costa Johnson really kind of gives um, you know like a full kind of like backstory to this character. Like yeah, you know you you feel like you feel like Dakota Johnson's put some thought into who this 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 kind of student is, and you know what she would kind of like. Um, uh, you know what she would kind of do, and you know how she would talk, and like all of, even, like even the fact that they've got this whole kind of, uh, you know, like um, he's given her backstory of you know like her mom being ten years sober and all like like that that feels like of course you know it is kind of like Sorkin who's put that in the script, mm-hmm. um, but it also it also kind of feels a little bit like Dakota Johnson's kind of taken some of those details and um, is really kind of playing them. Uh, also a sign that you know. Born into, <laughs> born into a family of actors, basically. Um, you know, in case people were not familiar, um, you know, obviously the, you know, the the daughter of uh, um, Don Johnson and uh, and Melanie Griffiths, uh, whose stepfather, of course, is uh, Antonio Banderas. Um, you know, so if you've been around like those three people, maybe not so much Don Johnson, uh, <laughs> but if you've been around those people. Um, I'm kidding. Don Johnson's okay. Uh, but if you've been around those kind of people your whole life, I'm thinking kind of acting is a bit yeah. more second nature. And and so it, she she has a kind of natural... And this is something that is true of everything I've seen her in. 
uh, including the three Fifty Shades films, um, you know, which were a, an amazing experience at the cinema with, you know, on an opening Friday night. Um, unfortunately, I don't think anyone could experience that again. But, you know, uh, I mean, you, I don't think you've quite lived until you've been in a, a cinema filled with roughly 98% women watching Fifty Shades of Grey. It was kind of amazing. Um, sounds amazing. But yeah, so, so Dakota, Dakota Johnson is like... You know, she she's really kind of inhabiting this role of you know this 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 kind of college student, um, and you know just just kind of you know like having fun with Justin Timberlake, and of course Justin Timberlake, um, you know now he's in the film. I think you know we can really talk about you mm. know he, how effortlessly he kind of he. I mean, you know, uh, I I feel like we must really hate Justin Timberlake because he went from being you know like this kind of pop sensation to being kind of a grown-up pop star to kind of this actor all <laughs> within the space of a few years and uh, it's kind of annoying mm. um so you know and and i think he's really good as well kind of just the kind of back and forth we'll get more of it in the next couple of minutes but just he he has a natural feel for that kind of sorkin dialogue yeah and i think that's something that's quite hard for some kind of actors to even actors who've been professional actors for many years to grasp mm-hmm. so the fact that he kind of had only been acting for a couple of years. Had only done like a, you know two or three films before this, and then he kind of comes into you know what is a pretty hard script, and he's able to kind of really embrace it. No, yeah, no, I, I feel like yeah, no, Justin's doing an amazing performance here, and I, and like as the movie, I think uh, most of my favorite performances of uh, parts of this performance, I guess, are more of the like the worst parts of Sean Parker as a person, uh, but he's doing really, really good work in this. And then we get the discussion of, you know, uh, the fact that he hasn't declared a major and he doesn't go to school. And of course she's like, I mean, I, I find as well, like the way she says, you're kidding. And he's like, no, <laughs> like, you know, I, I always find that quite interesting. Like, you know, you've got this college student who can't understand why other people aren't college students. Like just that kind of, I guess she kind of knows that he's not much older than her. So she would expect that, you know, he would have also in, in I'm guessing in her mind, she's like, well, then like the, the unasked question is, what were you doing at a college party? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're not a college student and you're not at school, like if you're just some random 20 year old guy, why are you going around to colleges and parties like that? It, it, you know, that's the kind of unasked question there. Um, and then we get the discussion of like, you know, are they 15? And neither of them are 15, which, you know is a relief yes uh good but, good for uh, everybody involved yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i mean that's where the minute ends and obviously we'll get a lot more of uh of sean and amy uh in the next couple of minutes uh, is there anything else that you feel we need to uh, talk about i think that's pretty much it yeah well then on wednesdays i ask the question uh which is you know uh, your thoughts on any other david fincher films you know uh have you seen other David Fincher films? Do you like other David Fincher films? I assume you at least like this David Fincher uh, yes. film. Yes. No, this is probably my favorite David Fincher film is The Social Network. Um, I I like Seven. I, I love Fight Club. I love Zodiac. But this is probably like, this is the, the number one. I don't know. Just like, like the, it, it feels like, like I, I like like every component of this movie individually. It's like, I like David Fincher. I like Aaron Sorkin. I like, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and just like that fusion it is it really comes to something special and I I think as well you know uh you know obviously we're talking at this point 
I mean, when did Seven come out? Like, 1985? Yeah. You know, this is like 15 years after Seven, and it just feels like with each film, David Fincher kind of matured, has matured as a director. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously he's, you know, his success has given him more kind of creative freedom. And with that creative freedom has just become, you know, has come a kind of uh, just an amazing amount of control over, you know, what each film is. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you say a David Fincher film, I feel like people kind of have an exact idea of exact of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the weirdest thing is, I don't even know that really the social network fits what you would expect from a David Fincher film. I feel like, you know, Seven, The Game, Fight Club, like there's a certain kind of griminess and kind of. Um, you know, even like Girl with Dragon Tattoo and Gone mm-hmm. Girl, like, you know, there's basically murders in those films. Yeah. And death. And, and whereas, whereas in Social Network, it's mostly, you know, people sitting in rooms talking and nobody dies, you know. I mean, but <laughs> like, so it, it is kind of in, in the, the griminess of, of, of that, though. It's like, like the, like people sitting in rooms talking about, like, billions of dollars is, is a kind of a grimy thing just on, on its surface. Although, you know, it's it's kind of odd when I think this is the only film in David Fincher's body of work where nobody dies. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Gone Girl, yes. Girl with Dragon Tattoo, yes. Uh, Benjamin Button, of course. Oh, yeah. Title character. Um, uh, Panic Room, yes, definitely. Um, Fight Club, uh, well, yes. only one significant death that we see on screen, of course. Uh, his name was Robert Paulson, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Uh, I think maybe the game nobody dies, um, uh, to my knowledge. Um, yeah, so the game, it's weird. I, I, you would never think that the game and uh, Social Network were the only two <laughs> David Fincher films where you get to the end without anybody dying. Um, so, yeah, but so it's kind of unusual in that way. But uh, I don't know, I just, I do kind of like the, you know, I've said this a couple of times, I think, you know, it'd be nice if Aaron Sorkin kind of worked with David Fincher one more time, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Molly's Game, but I feel like that's a film that if David Fincher had come in, we probably would have lost about 25 minutes of it and it would have been a sharper film and it would have kind of got to its point a bit mm-hmm. quicker. And But yeah, it's still it's still an enjoyable film, but it just feels like, you know, I don't know, I would love David Fincher to direct every film and <laughs> just kind of come in. Or at least I would love people to kind of at least at least ape his style a bit better than just the idea of people being murdered or killed in gruesome ways. Like it feels that people when they think, of, you know, if you kind of are trying to imitate David Fincher, it feels like some people think of Seven mm-hmm. and nothing else. And then, you know, they, they don't realize how much David Fincher has kind of moved on. Um, and how his style has matured, and, and it, it feels like they're still trying to imitate him from like twenty years ago. Yeah, or you, or like you failing. still you still got the kind of person who like watches Fight Club and tries to imitate it without actually getting the point of Fight Club, just thinking it's like a yeah. movie about a bunch of a bunch of cool guys beating each other up when it's about uh, <laughs> just all sorts of the the horrors of of modern capitalistic society, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and so well realized as well. Yeah. Like that whole sequence where he walks around the room. Ah, uh-huh, the, 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 the IKEA stuff. Yeah. Oh, such a such a beautiful shot. Uh, so so well so well done, um, and and such so painstaking as well because um, Edward Norton literally had to hit every single mark, otherwise all the CGI stuff that's around him with the oh, words man. would be yeah. completely messed up. So he literally had to walk a very exact path and stop at certain points. Otherwise, it, the whole thing would have fell apart. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, stuff like that that's just so well executed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that we need to say about this minute or do you feel like we're, uh, we're finished with it? Yeah, no, I feel like we've uh, 
We've said about as much as we can about this one. Well, then let's uh, move on to plugs. There's anything that you wish to plug, Noah? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at uh, I am the best Noah. Um, I'm also on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash Zeta Waves, uh, Zeta, Z-E-T-A underscore, oh, Zeta underscore Waves. I, I almost screwed that up. Uh, the underscore is really important. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute, on Twitter at social underscore minute, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, sorry, on Twitter at Social Underscore Minute and on Facebook at the Social Minute Podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here today, Noah. Thanks for having me. And I'll see you tomorrow. All right.